to the E3 podcast where we encourage, educate, and empower female entrepreneurs. I'm Melissa Johnson, and I have a mission to help female business owners um, transform their lives and their business. On this show, I'll be interviewing female entrepreneurs that are moms, that are business owners, and we're taking a deep dive into the struggles that they're having in their business and coming up with some great solutions on how they can transform their business and their life. So thank you so much for joining the show today. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and we're going to jump right in. like one of those days I think just everything I need to listen to um we did a um I do this other podcast with three other ladies uh it's Uh moms of real estate and we had this lady on Nina and she talks about productivity and she was talking about um only booking 50 percent of your day and I was like I really need to do that more often. It sounds difficult, but she says it's good because then, you know, you have all the rest of the day in case things come up or whatever, you know, you're not completely booked. And then when something comes up and it derails you from the rest of your day, because you don't have any time in between anything. So thinking that's really smart. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of do that by default. Um, just that that's just how I am. I, I try to time block and it looks good on paper, <laughs> but I, I, I'm 62 years old, Melissa, and I have learned a few things. And one of the biggest is take care of myself. Leave, leave yourself some margin to take mm-hmm. care of yourself. Definitely. So that, that other 50%, just go do something fun. And try to try to forget all the stress because I'm guessing you got a lot of stress. We all do these days, but we do. I think everybody does, and I think we're still, you know, we're in that place where, in my world at least, I'm trying to figure out the new routine for everything. So that's all different. And then, you know, I'm homeschooling my the two youngest ones that are still at home. I have older ones too that are not at home anymore, but my two little ones are 12 and eight. And they're here. So it's yeah. like constantly, and I think that's the thing. I'm not overbooked, but it's just always like, can you help me with this? Can you print this out? Can you, and just like, oh, constant interruptions, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. don't come in there so with did, this. Did you, do you homeschool by choice or because of COVID? Because of COVID. And it's not, I mean, I'm still using the school curriculum. I'm not, I don't have my own thing. I'm using their stuff, but they kind of, it was like a situation where I felt like they kind of forced you to make a decision. You know, are you going to send them? Are you going to keep them home? And I really didn't have a lot of information at the time. And they gave us a deadline to choose. So I said, well, I don't feel like I really know enough about the protocols or anything yet, like how this is going to work. And so um, I just opted to keep them at home for the first nine weeks. And then after nine weeks, then we can reevaluate. And then if I want to send them to school, then I can. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, well, knowing uh, them now, <laughs> probably would have sent them. <laughs> well, another bit of encouragement is if you have to continue homeschooling them. I homeschooled all seven of mine. Oh. So, and 
and they're like amazing. They are amazing. And I did it badly. I, I didn't do it by the book at all. I just kind of made it up as I went. Mm -hmm. and so yeah, you'll be fine. They'll be fine. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of worry about that. It's like, are they really learning enough? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So, um, you know, this is funny. So I actually had like a format I was trying to follow. So I don't like asking people the same questions because I think that's boring. Um, and I did a podcast interview yesterday with a lady. And when I was done, I was like, that was the best interview ever, like that I've done so far. Yeah you know, just, I mean, I've enjoyed everybody, but just as far as being comfortable and cause this is all still new for me too. I haven't, I mean, I've done maybe like 10 so far and I, I've been on podcasts, but actually like hosting one, I haven't. Right. Um, but it turned out with her, it just turned in, it was just a conversation, mm -hmm. very organic. And I think for me, I, it was a lot better and it just felt more relaxed and not, you know, okay, here's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to ask you these five questions and mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel natural for me. Um, so I don't know if you're okay with that or I can be specific or I just like talking and especially, I, yeah. you know, I, I need to learn from you. I mean, you've got G7 kit, you know, that must be crazy, right? Cause I know when people, and the same thing with the girl yesterday, she has four kids yeah. And she said that and she's like, you know, everybody, uh, she said, well, I have four kids. And I said, Oh, cool. I have five. And she said, finally, you know, she said, everybody always freaks out when I tell them I have four kids. <laughs> I said, well, I get the same reaction when I tell them I have five. So you probably get it even more. So right. With seven. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, um, I, I try not to lead with that fact, <laughs> but when it comes up, you know, and, and, it, it just organically in conversation and, and I, and I put it out there, you know, I, I kind of enjoy watching the look on people's face because they, their eyes get big and they're like, Whoa, you know, how did you do that? How did you do that? Yeah. The, yeah. That's usually the next question. And yeah. I have no answer for that question because honestly, I kind of can't remember. <laughs> and, and when I do try to remember, I, I always come back on myself and go, geez, how did I do that? I was much younger and I had a lot more energy. So that, those are my stock answers, but, and by the grace of God, I mean, that, that's, that's it. That, that's the best I can do. So. You yeah. Know. I think my response to that is usually, I don't, you just do it. Right. And right. you don't think about, you know, all uh -huh. the things that you do to make no. it work. You just like, what's the alternative, you know, not taking care of your kids. It's not an option. <laughs> no. And, and you're not ready and you're never ready. No, you know? never. Nobody's ever ready to have a kid, much less seven. Um, you just, like I said, you just kind of make it up as you go. Yeah. And do the best. You know, that, yeah. I, I, I can say that. Have you found that um, you have to parent them all differently? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, some I can put in buckets and kind of, you know, pair up. They're, they're more, but um, they, there are a couple that are just totally unique and I parent them very, 
all of mine, my youngest now is 23. So they're all grown. And like I said, they're doing very amazingly well. They're all gainfully employed. Nobody lost their job to COVID. They're, I mean, they have great jobs. Five of the seven are college grads. The other two are military. Three of the three of my five boys back there. In the oh, there they are. There okay. they are. Yeah, three of the of the five boys are. Uh, current or for, former military so they're wonderful kids you know but yeah they're they're all different no two no two are 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 alike even close to being alike I mean I can kind of put them into little you know these are the more outgoing ones but that's mm -hmm. kind of the only thing they have in common and then I have the shy ones Oh, and uh, the most fun of all, I have the I have the liberals and I have the conservatives. <laughs> I've got that <laughs> mix. <laughs> Those are fun conversations. Yeah, that's always interesting, and it's it's interesting how that shifts over time too. It does you know, as they get older and like and right now the younger ones get out in the real world. Yeah, and things change, right? When it's your yeah, own it, money yeah. and <laughs> and then they try to put those those wonderful, you know, ideas, they try to put them into practice and it doesn't quite work in the real world. And it's just fun. I, I'm in a really fun phase of life because I just, I get to watch them having to deal with the world on their own without mom, you know, as a buffer or anything like that. Mm -hmm. That's why. It's so I, rewarding, right? Like I smile a lot. <laughs> <laughs> It's rewarding and it's definitely rewarding, but it's also fun. It can be. It can be stressful, but it can definitely be fun. Do you have any multiples or are they all individual? They're all singles. Oh, okay. I birthed them all. <laughs> no adoptions. Yeah. Two of mine are twins. So I always feel like I have to say, well, I got a two for one. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they're fun. Mine are, uh, my oldest is 28. She just got married in October of last year. Mm -hmm. And then I have twins that are 21 and they're both in college right now. And uh, then I've got a 12 year old girl and then an eight year old boy. So I have one boy and he's the baby. So oh. imagine what that's like. <laughs> yeah, that's some dynamic there. It, it's fun, but it's, it's sweet. You know, the other day, um, the older two of the older ones so one of my twins actually lives with my oldest daughter and her husband they're all roommates they've been roommates for a couple of years now and um they came and they picked up the little one my little boy and they mm -hmm. took him for the night and i tell you, it was great <laughs> because yeah. my daughter so the other daughter she's off at college she doesn't live close by she's gone off to college and has her own apartment and stuff and then um my 12 year old was at a slumber party so it was just a little boy at home and they came and got him and it was just, it was so nice. And they, but they took him and they did stuff with him. You know, they took him to play games at a arcade thing and they played video games with him at the house and made a big dinner and like, he just had the best time ever. And I think that's kind of cool when, you know, people are like, oh, their kids are all spread out, you know, and it's like, I yeah. like it yeah. in a way. There are advantages. Yep. Now you have you don't have grandchildren yet. Not right? yet. Yeah, it's, it's a funny. possibility actually right now. So we're that just that, that is 
That is the best. I, I, I had always heard, you know, people say how wonderful being a grandparent was and they loved their, you, you won't be prepared for how, how much fun that is. So I, I only have two, you know, I look at, and like my oldest, my daughter is, she'll be 37. And um, I'm like, geez, guys, there's seven of you, only two? Come on, get with the program. But that's okay. It's okay. That they're they're coming. They're, they're more coming. I, I feel sure. But all those two I have, it's like you you get to be a parent all over again, but with a lot more wisdom and a lot more experience. And plus, and, you get to hand them and, you, and you don't have the responsibility. So you just, you just you get to be a parent. And, and it's all fun. <laughs> so you, you get to teach them, but you get to have so much fun. Oh gosh, I love those green babies. They you know, are awesome. I, was, I kind of fought that notion at first, you know, it's like, I'm too young to be a grandma. I, I know, I know. That I was, I was going to say, once I got over the, I can't have grandbabies. I'm not, I'm not old enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so young. But once I got over that, and, and it's just a life transition, and you, and you do, you get over it. Once I got over it, it was, it was all gravy from there. I was like, oh, this is the best thing ever. I'm sure once I see, I love babies. I, I love babies and kids. And I know once I see that baby, it's, it'll be over. There will be yeah. no issues about being a grandma. Although saying that sounds weird. So I, we're going to yeah. have to come up with some other yeah. word for that. <laughs> Nana. Nana. I chose Nana. Um, you know, that a lot of women, women my age, get really, really creative, you know, mama geeky or whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, I, I don't want grandma or granny. That's, I can't handle that. But mm -hmm. Nana's, Nana's. Well, it's funny. good. It's, it's, yeah, it works. So, so my son-in-law, his mom, um, she goes by SG. And I was like, SG, what is that? Sexy grandma. <laughs> so, <laughs> but she's so like, she's got this huge personality. She's awesome. She's so like full of life and fun and everything. So that suits her. Like I couldn't be that person. That's not who I am, but it works for her. But I, I was like, sexy grandma. Okay. That's yeah. Hmm. People get so creative. I know there's a, a, a dear friends of ours and he, she is Lolly and he is Pops. Lolly and Pops. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> it is cute, but it's a little too, too cute. <laughs> but that, that, that's what, I'm like, geez, how long did you have to devote thought to coming up with that? Yeah, you know, they probably spent days, weeks, even coming up with just what they're going to be called. Do they have yeah. T-shirts? Because I would totally put that on a T-shirt. Uh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> they are the kind of people that would have T-shirts. Yeah, that's so cute, though. That's funny. <laughs> so let's talk about. Um, tell me about this. Um, kind of what you've been doing. It seemed like there's a lot here like you you've done a lot of stuff i'm just looking at your bio and it's like seven kids and then being a realtor mm -hmm. and having an investing business and i'm really interested in the um this vacation business that you're oh, doing yeah that's yeah. really cool how how did all that kind of come about well it 
My blessing and my curse is that I love to learn. I love shiny objects. I love to research. So um, that's how I, I uh, came up with the Airbnb, which is here where we live. Our second, the second story of our home is an Airbnb. But then we got shut down because of COVID. So I was forced to pivot because we lost all, we lost $40,000 in bookings for 2020 once COVID hit. Yeah, they all canceled. And I don't blame them. No hard feelings at all. Um, it, it has been such a blessing to us to have the Airbnb, but I had to pivot. So I pivoted into, I, I, and I had been researching this for a long time. I love tiny homes. I love vacation rentals. We, my husband and I really wanted a place to get out of the city because we live here in Nashville and it's wonderful, but every once in a while you just, it just gets to be too much, you know, especially with COVID and everybody's freaking out. So um, that kind of all came together um, with this opportunity because I've been doing so much research on tiny homes. I discovered this tiny home uh, development in Monteagle, Tennessee. It's on top of a mountain. I know it well because um, I live in Nashville. I was born in Chattanooga and Mont Eagle is about halfway there. So if you're going from here to Chattanooga, you have to cross that mountain every time. So, but I honestly, I don't think I had ever gotten off on that exit <laughs> until we went to look at the tiny home development. And once we saw it, it was just like, oh, this, this is so awesome. This this guy, the guy, uh, Chip, he's a developer out of Franklin. Um, it was his, it's his vision. And I just, I caught it. I caught that vision like instantly. So um, we, they had, they had a sale of lots. Um, and we went to, we went to look at that. And when we were there, we were with a, a real estate agent. I didn't have my license at the time. And uh, uh, he, he said, you know, you really should look at the model home because they're starting an, another development and they're getting ready to sell it. So long story short, we ended up buying the model home there. So um, it, it, it has just taken off. It's, it's taken a, on a life of its own. It's like everything came together. Uh, they have an in-house rental program where you give them 20% of your bookings and they do everything for you. Cause we couldn't nice. manage that, you know, from Nashville, it's an hour and a half away. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been on that rental program for only about two weeks. And we already are booked every single weekend up through the end of 2020. Wow. So um, we have enough on the books uh, money to pay our mortgage and all expenses, utilities, everything up through January. So it has just, it, it, it has exceeded my wildest dreams. Um, so I, I kind of, and, and we got it actually before COVID hit, but with the advent of COVID here, people are are looking for properties like that mm -hmm. so that has kind of um turned me in that direction as an investor to look for properties outside the city 
because that that are much more in demand now because people they know they can work from home they want to work from home um, the city is not the best place to be in a pandemic mm-hmm. so all of those things kind of came together you know to 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 send me in that direction um, and that's going really really well um, so much so that we just bought another lot my husband and I just bought another lot um, this one's not on the mountain this is about 30 minutes away um, it's on a lake, Tim's Ford Lake. So we're going to build a house on that lot in that development on the lake. And we're going to put that one on the rental program. So we're, so I'm, I'm, I, I've been forced to pivot because of COVID. So I've pivoted into more into those vacation rentals and also into my real estate agent career. So but I'm still doing investing. Yeah. But that's interesting because a lot of people that I know that have vacation rentals, you know, they took a big hit like you did, you know, with those kind mm-hmm. of things. But yeah. I think it's really smart the way you're approaching that. Cause you're, you're a hundred percent right about people wanting to get away. Cause I just did the same thing too. Even though we've been at home, you know, we travel a lot during the summer. I love to take my kids on trips and stuff. And, you know, everywhere was just, crazy. And so at the last minute, it was, it was a totally a last minute thing, but I said, I just, let's go somewhere. Let's, I want to be away. Yeah. And we went to Durango and I found, um, in Colorado and I found a place that was way off on its own. It was like on 30 acres and, um, had a, a hot tub and it was all cabiny looking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was so nice you know, and so it was getting away, but it definitely like being away from everything and everybody. And we could still go in when we needed stuff, but it was just, it was oh. nice. And I think that's, I do feel like that's what people are looking for and that you were able yeah. to identify that I think is really smart. Yeah. And I, I thought that in my head, but the numbers bear it out. Yeah. I mean, I'm a perfect example. We, um, we are, our, Airbnb here in Nashville is still listed on Airbnb and VRBO on the platforms. The calendar is open. People could book. No one is booking. I need um, to talk to you about that because I might want to. Yeah. We're actually looking for a, a women's small kind of retreat thing someplace. And I had suggested Tennessee because I, I love Nashville and I love Oh, Tennessee, so. we would give you a really good deal. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, but to my point, nobody's looking here because people are just nervous, you know, about traveling about, and most like we sleep 12. So we have three full bedrooms, three, three bathrooms, a sleeping loft. We, our bread and butter here was bachelor and bachelorette parties, uh, family reunions, you know, big big event, people, big groups, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but what I've seen, COVID shut all that down because people just don't want to travel. And um, so, so we're, you know, we're open and available, but nobody's looking here in the city. Contrast that with the tiny home and it's just crazy. You know, in two weeks, we booked every single weekend up through the end of the year and a lot of the weekdays. Yeah, I mean, it's just 
like, wow, you know, it's just mind boggling. So the numbers bear out what I was thinking in my mind, you know, and as a business person, that's what, you know, at the end of the day, you have to, you have to deal with the numbers, you know, what do the numbers say are happening? Right. And that's a tough one too, because it's a whole, like you said, it's pivoting. So it's, you know, you're kind of doing the same thing you were doing, but it's, a, the model is different, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. like, how can you project that out really? Right. You know, over time. But I think that's cool. So how many tiny houses do you guys have? Well, we have one, but our lot, and this is why we bought, this is why we bought the model home. The lot was, most of the lots there are like a third to a half of an acre, but ours is 1.7. We got like almost the biggest lot in the whole development. And there, there are 50, 50, roughly 50 lots there. And ours perked for two bedrooms. So each tiny home, um, the, the tiny homes actually, they're actually uh, mobile homes, um, but you would never know it. They don't look like it at all. They're just, they're adorable and people love them. So each, but each one has one bedroom. And um, so we can put a second tiny home on our lot. And that, that's our plan is to end up with two of them. My, I, I have to fight the inclination to, to think like, wow, this is the most awesome thing ever. Let's get 20 of them mm -hmm. because, you know, right now it's, it's crazy successful, but that doesn't mean it will be in, you know, two or three years. So kind of have to keep that balance. So is that community that it's in, is it all tiny homes or is mm -hmm. it? Oh, it okay. is, it is. The, the, um, the developer really had an awesome vision. Um, he bought a piece of property that had um, uh, natural features. So there's a waterfall there. Um, there's a creek. So our lot backs up to a creek. And then he, he did it right. He went in and he put in underground utilities. Um, it's a gated community. It, it's rustic, so there's a gravel road, gravel roads throughout. He put in hiking trails. It's it's just it is really adorable. Um, we I cannot tell you how much we love going there ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's what told me, you know, hey, if we love it this much, I think other people will too, and they are. So um, it, it's, it's pretty fascinating how he did it. Um, he put in high-speed internet. That's a biggie because out on that mountain, they don't, half the time, you don't even have, you have zero bars. <laughs> yeah. That was us in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, he put in high-speed internet so um, you can make phone calls using the Wi-Fi and uh, there's never, never an issue. That's so. nice. So there are they um, do people most people live in them or are they all kind of vacation rentals or is it a mix? There are currently of the 50 lots that they sold there currently there are 18 rentals. I think they're probably going to be a few more. I, I would say they're I'm guessing they're going to end up being half rentals and half um, uh owners and and of that breakdown of, of owner non-rentals um 
probably half of them are developed. Uh, there's a certain um, number of lots that people are just holding. They're probably, I'm guessing they're going to hold for a few years and then sell and make a really nice profit. Yeah. Um, so some of them may never have tiny homes on them, but uh, right now, I'd say a little, a little over half the lots um, are developed. So you can actually stick build from scratch your own home. Uh, most people order theirs from, um, it's Clayton Mobile Homes are the, the ones that do. They have a, a line, uh, they call them designer tiny homes. And that just means they don't look anything like a mobile home. They're just cute as can be. Um, they're really well built. Um, so most people just order them because you can get them delivered and installed within six to eight weeks. In, wow. in six to eight weeks, you can be living in your tiny home there. So what does um, something like that cost? I will tell you exactly because, because I'm an investor and, and <laughs> we just, we just shoot the numbers out there. We, we're not shy. We paid $170,000 for our um, property. So that was the lot, the tiny home. Um, we, we paid a premium. I think most people probably were in the 130 to 150 range. Mm -hmm. um, we paid a premium because of that, because it parks for two bedrooms and we knew we wanted to put a second one on there and because it has a, a bigger lot. Yeah. Um, so the, we, <laughs> it, like I said, it was the model home. So when um, the, the real estate agents for the development had been living there, so when, once they got out and we took possession of it, um, we were doing a deep clean and we found the receipt where they ordered the time. So for the tiny home itself from Clayton Mobile Homes, it, it cost $67,000. Now that was two years ago. So the tiny home itself was 67. Now, um, when you, when you buy it, you pay the development a certain amount of money. And for that, they will build the foundation. So it's on a permanent foundation. They will put in uh, the driveway, all the landscaping. So it's turnkey once you get, get it. So most people, so if you round up, say they pay 70,000 for their tiny home, they'll end up paying a total of like 120 for the development to do all the rest of the work, hooking up the utilities, you know, foundation, landscaping, driveway, all that. Okay, that makes sense. Do they, um, are the lots improved already or is that part of like, do they have to do that each time? Like They do that each, each time the owner, so when the owner's ready, the, the owner buys the lot and that's all they have, unimproved lot. Okay. When the owner's ready, they tell the development, if, if that's the direction they go, they tell the developer, hey, I'm ready. I'm ordering my tiny home. It's going to be here on this day. And then the developer takes it from there and they get everything ready. Okay. That's kind of nice, right? Because it is. They, if they deal with all that stuff, I remember I did, I built a home one time, my personal home and uh -huh. coordinating all that stuff and the experience oh, yeah. involved with all that. It's such a pain. Yeah. 
So, so for roughly $50,000, which, you know, a lot of people would go, whoa, that's so much money. I'll, I'll just do that myself. Trust me, <laughs> you know, you know. Just, it adds up all of those little things, you know, like, um, I, I built a new construction house in Chattanooga and just, just to tap into the water and sewer line was $5,000, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just, it, it adds up so quickly. And to have somebody do all of that for you, have it all in place, it, it, it was, to me, it's well worth it. Oh so. yeah. No, I'm all about paying for convenience yep. <laughs> to the yep. extent sometimes it's probably not a good thing for me, but it's, yeah. <laughs> I would rather just like pay somebody and have it done. My recent, uh, my recent, oh, I can do that myself moment was uh, when COVID hit and all the salons shut down, I decided to <laughs> uh -oh. color my own roots. <laughs> and let's just say that um, I just made an appointment with my stylist, Betsy, and will happily pay her all that money to do my hair because there's there's a lot more behind what she does than than what just what I see so yeah, yeah. and there's value in paying for somebody else's experience too yeah. I think you know it's like yeah. if they're the expert let them be the expert this is like it kind of goes into that whole thing of um like you don't have to be an expert at everything you know know what you're good right. at and let exactly. somebody else take the reins and because that's you know they've mastered that kind of thing yeah, exactly and and what i tend to, uh, what i've learned to do is to remind myself cindy your time is more valuable than mm -hmm. to be coloring your hair and trying to figure that out for hours hours you're braver than me i had roots that were like <laughs> it was bad because my hair grows really fast too so it was and i have to thin it because it's really thick and so, you know, months of no haircut, no hair color. So I had all this gray hair, the roots were so long. And then it was like, so I just lived in a bun basically for like six <laughs> months or however long it's been. I don't know when I finally got my hair done, it did done. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> fixed, <laughs> but my daughter did make me dye her hair and I blame TikTok. You know, she came in and I swear it was like every week, you know, I want pink in my hair and then oh, gosh. that would happen. And then I want purple, I want blue and everybody was doing it. So I couldn't find the hair dye at the store. And I, I don't know how to color hair either. Again, I'm not an expert in hair dye. So I'm like nervously bleaching like pieces of her hair so that it will take the color and just praying it doesn't fall out or something, <laughs> damage it beyond repair. I said, well, you wanted this, so, you know, but leave, leave the expert work to the experts, right? Yeah, yeah. Funny. So you've got your tiny homes and now you're a realtor also. That's new mm -hmm. since November, you said? That is new, yeah, yeah. I can't, can't believe I'm not going. <sighs> like so much of my life, I kind of backed into it. <laughs> I, I just, um, it was actually Sharon, Sharon Vornholt. We were, we were talking on a, a call one day and, and I said, you know, I, I keep seeing these probate leads, but they're for pretty houses, you know, these million dollar houses in Nashville. And she's like, 
why don't you get your license and you can market to them too. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good idea. And so I did it and then COVID hit and, you know, I, I put everything on pause and, and just pivoted into that. And what I have discovered is that there are certain parts of being a realtor that I absolutely love. There are certain parts that I despise. I hate, I mean, I have, I have stood in the middle of the room going, I hate this, <laughs> I hate this. But that's not entirely true. The, the part I love has to do with people. You know, I love meeting people. I love uh, developing those relationships. But that, like the nuts and bolts, I mean, there's so much behind what goes on, you know, with being a, an agent that uh, it's just a lot. So I found a partner. I partnered up with a young woman down the street. And, and honestly, my weakness is her strength. And her weakness is my strength. So we, we are like hand in glove. So that's going really well. Um, now, see, I've lost my train of thought. You asked me a question about being a realtor. Just how you liked it and how it was going. You think that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going really well. Oh, I know where I was going. <laughs> what I discovered is that I really love marketing. I love the marketing. I went through this marketing program and I never thought of myself and I still don't think of myself as a, a salesperson. I mean, the thought of being in sales is like, ugh, I run for the hills, but I feel like everybody uh, I know has that issue. I'm the same yeah. way too. Nobody I yeah. know likes sales, but the marketing, like to me, it's almost, it's kind of like a competition to see if I can draw people in. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I think of as marketing, especially the type that I'm doing, you know, online, inbound, organic marketing. So um, the last couple of months, I've really taken a deep dive into that. And I, I don't want to do it for a living, but I've just discovered that, you know, that's an aspect that I love. So that gives me another clue as to how in the end my absolute best life and business is going to look you know what it's going to look like because i think we're all in the we're all a work in progress mm -hmm. and none of us really will ever arrive at perfection but you know getting closer and closer to what my I'll speak personally to what my best life and my best biz business, which is part of my best life, looks like. That's what I'm after. You know, that's that's the great pursuit. That's what I wake up wanting every day is to get closer to that. You know, that elusive goal of perfection, which I'll I know I'll never arrive there. But but knowing that every day I'm working to get closer, that brings me fulfillment um you know in life i love that and that's that's really what i love about being an entrepreneur is that very thing you know we are especially as entrepreneurs we're always evolving and growing and learning things and yeah i swear i feel like i'm you just like back here 
but because I, the same things, like exactly, like I, uh, I started to pursue a, becoming a realtor too, for the very same reason, you know, all these leads that we're getting, they're all like pretty houses. They don't need any work. They don't have a lot of equity. You know, it's like, these would be perfect listings and I can't do anything with them. I can refer them, but you know, that doesn't help me. And so, you know, I had thought about getting my license and then, um, I love marketing too, a lot. And I think it's, um, it's a thing, but it, it's that progression, that development of like learning, trying something new, learning it. Like, what do I like about this? What do I not like about this? What can I take? What have I learned about this that I've enjoyed that I can take on to the next level, you know, and yeah. leave the other stuff behind and just always remembering that we don't have to stay in one spot, no matter where we are in life, no matter how old we are or economically or anything, you know, you can always... Yeah pivot and change yep. and I think that's such a, a cool thing to recognize and know that it's okay too because I think a lot of people get in that spot where they feel like they're stuck there you know and you have to keep doing the same thing all the time and it's like you can always change what you're doing and if you yeah. try something new and pursue something new and if you like it cool if you don't then it you tried it and you move on you know yeah. but what did you learn from it what did you take from that and that makes that helps exactly. you build you know grow as a person right so I think that's, exactly yeah, yeah I, i've i've come to understand that that i only ever fail if i quit and and i i just have that in me that's that's a blessing is i have that in me that i don't ever quit Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm just not going to quit. I'll pivot. <laughs> I'll look at something and go, oh, this is really not working at all. And so I need to go do something else. I'll pivot, but I'm, I'm not going to quit. Um, I have, I have this um, little saying taped to my bookcase over here. And it says success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And I, the more I unpack that, the more um, powerful it is because mm -hmm. that definition of success has nothing to do with failure. You know, as long as you are progressing, you know, in realizing a goal, an idea, you know, a, a, an ideal that you're working toward, then you're successful. We're successful. You are successful right now. You haven't arrived at your goal yet, but you're successful according to that definition of success, which I believe you are, you are successful right now where you're sitting because you are progressing toward that ideal, you know, your own personal goal. So I, I you know, that's one of several sayings that, you know, th those are my morning and, and evening affirmations that I keep close. I love that. I love that. That that's a great I love quotes and stuff too and actually thinking about um what you said. I have a quote on my wall too and that's in front of me and it says if the plan doesn't work, change the plan but never the goal. And I think it's kind of it's right in line with that. You know, it's like you you have this goal that's take you, you know, several different ways to get there. 
and you can take different paths to get there, you know, but still, if that's your goal, that's your goal, you know, and there could be 10 different ways that you get there, depending on what yeah. happens to you. Yeah. You know, like you said, pivoting and changing, you know, with your business and being able to, but you're still pursuing one goal, right? Even though, you know, you're being you're a realtor and you've got tiny home investments and regular investments and, you know, all the other things, but it's still, you're still working towards one end goal. Yeah. And, and I, I encapsulate that by saying my, my ultimate goal is to live my best life ever. You know, I, that, that's, that's where I'm going. That, that's really, really broad and very general, but, but it helps, you know, I remind myself, what does that look like? You know, I want to live my best life ever. So what does that look like for you? What does your best life look like? Well, (laughs) I actually took some time um, about six months ago to sit down and and write that out. And I came up, I could pull it up, I won't. I came up with things like freedom. Um, I want to be free to to use my time as, as I decide and not as someone else decides. So that, that eliminates ever having a quote unquote real job, you know, um, and that, that comes from that entrepreneur. I want to, um, and then really tied along with that is, um, I want to help other people. And that's such a common saying, but you know, I really own that. I really mean that. Um, I have been blessed with a wonderful life. So I want to pay it back, pay it forward, you know, pay it sideways. I want to turn around and help somebody else that's struggling. Like I've struggled, you know, in the past so many times. I've been there. So uh, that, that positions me to be able to help people from a, from a position of empathy and being able to relate, you know, by saying to them, Hey, I've been where you are. You know, I, I don't, I may not understand exactly what you're feeling, but I've been in your situation and I survived, you know, and you can too. I can encourage people. So that's, that's my passion. That's my ultimate passion. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just in a different life phase. So like I said, I, I've lived a wonderful life. Um, so I, and, and I have achieved financial, um, independence, which that's one of my goals, you know, but, um, so I have the luxury and the blessing and the ability of being able to help other people genuinely help them. I mean, one of my, um, mantras, and I'm going to, I'm going to incorporate this more and more into my marketing is I want to help you whether or not we ever do business together. I like that. Cause you never know that comes back to you, you know, it does. We do that with sellers too. You know, even if you don't sell to us and actually Sharon and I talked about this too, the last time she and I talked, you know, it's, she, she had this great thing where she'd said, um, you know, if I'm not your plan A, can I be your plan B? Yeah. You know, and so even though you, you're not sure if you're able to help that person in that moment, that doesn't mean that you couldn't help them down the road or somebody that they know might need. Yeah. And so easy and so intuitive. 
Oh, my. and they have added so much to it since I started using it. Cause I remember my sister-in-law telling me about it years ago, actually. She's in the education field and she's like, you should try this, this Canva thing. You know, it's pretty cool. And I think she had some kind of relationship with the people that started it or something. And cause she does education, but technology in education. Uh-huh. And um, so she shared, shared it with me and it's like, this thing is awesome. And I have seen it grow over the years. And now it's like, you can do anything. I yeah. literally do everything on Canva just because it's easy and I can save it and I can download it all different kind of formats. And man, <laughs> I save all my, um, you can do like the brand templates. Yep. You know, so I you have my save. brand colors in there. Yeah. You can build the whole thing. That's what I just did the other day. I, Cause I'm doing this, um, this five day free challenge, you know, to mm-hmm. change your business, change your life. And I'm creating some slideshows and graphics and stuff like that. And I kept forgetting. And so I had this like post-it note with all my <laughs> stuff, the codes and everything. I'm like, why am I doing this? I should just set this up in the brand uh, thing. That way it's there with the logo right. and all the colors and all the fonts and all that stuff is there and it'll just come into whatever I'm doing now. And it makes it so much easier. Yep. Guess how many hours I spent one day or two or three coming up with my brand colors. <laughs> and there's only like four of them. <laughs> how many shades of blue can there be? Well, the answer is an infinite number. Can we find out? So, so yeah, I love Canva. Um, I love, you know, Flowdesk, um, listing salutes, you know, those are realtor specific, but all of this technology. And then I'm, I'm learning. I mean, I've had my, I I have my license since November and I kind of stumbled into my first three listings and those closed, they all closed in the month of July. And it was just the grace of God. It was a miracle. Um, but they did. And so, but I've never had a buyer. I, I've only been a listing agent. I've never been a buyer agent until my daughter decided like a few days ago that she wanted to buy a house. So now I'm a buyer agent. So I'm learning that that side of the, the agent business. And that brings in like all this other technology. Um, Keller Williams is just full of it. They, they just have, they kind of like to market themselves as you know, the, the, the best tech in the industry. And boy, it's almost too much. You know, that, that's what I fight. And that's what I was referencing when I did my, you know, what do I struggle with? Um, yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, one of the things I struggle with the most is just information overload. It's not that I can't find what I need. It's just that I find mountains of it and I have to sift through, you know, to figure out what's the best, you know, what, what's the best, the most efficient, the most, most cost efficient, time efficient, the simplest, you know, that, that, is, that is the biggest problem that I run into. Hmm. So maybe something to think about with that is just starting out by um, prioritizing those things. Like when you're taking in information, you know, what is the most important to me? Is it cost? Is it efficiency? Is it um, whatever, whatever else it could be. And maybe start ranking those things and then just 
like start cutting them because you know that whole thing done is better than perfect which is so difficult and like, yes i know that's easier said than done because i struggle with the same thing i also well i have adhd and i'm always just i think i have it just right and then it's like oh wait but look at that you know and then yeah. i have think redo and it has to be perfect. yeah it's got to be perfect before i put it out there and, and i my business coach has told me just do it just do, and that ooh, it's it's so difficult for me to just do something but i did find that um if i figure out what the priority is so for me um you know like this challenge for example that i'm doing I've never done anything like this before. I hate being live. It just, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm I struggle with video, being on video and, and stuff like that. But my why is so much greater that I'm willing to over to right. push through that, you know, to do it. But, you know, it, it's like, well, I want to put together this beautiful like presentation and all this stuff and it all looks cohesive and everything. He's like, just do it. And so I had to decide what's important to me and the content was the most important to me. You know, when I really thought about, it's like, I want it to look pretty, but what's more important, what I'm saying or how it looks. Ooh, okay. You know, and so yeah. that's a big thing that's, with marketing. That's a good one. That's, yeah, it's like, yeah, like, is your message more important or how it looks? Like you can make it look nice, but not spend hours on it but what's more important is are people going to read that message what is yeah. the message saying does that relate to them and really focusing on that instead of instead of the other things okay i'm seriously writing that down because that <laughs> that that one i haven't thought of um yeah so what's more important how it looks or content yeah that right? was a big one for me with that and even with my marketing pieces that I do in, in my house flipping business is the same thing. I was trying to design all these like awesome looking postcards and everything. It's like, who cares if they're going to throw it in the trash at the end of the day, because my message sucks, then yeah. it's pointless. Like I just wasted a bunch of money. Okay. And you know, what I'm reading consistently is that um, the, the studies are bearing that out. People respond better to imperfect marketing. If, mm -hmm. if you make it so polished and so perfect, it, it ends up kind of being a turnoff to a mm -hmm. lot of people because they, the, their mind perceives it as, oh, this is, you know, this is salesy, this is, this is slick. Whereas if you come across just being, as just being a normal person, an imperfect person, um, it, you're better, you're, you're more well received. For so. sure. Well, people respond to authenticity. Yeah. And if it's too polished, it feels too like corporate. And, you know, that's yeah. something that we found too. And it's like, it looks great. Yeah. But, you know, I, I would rather do business with somebody that I have a connection with. And so it's that whole thing, you know, where people do business with people they like, you know, yeah. versus, you know, how big your company is or something. And I'm I laughing because I'm just thinking, even knowing that, knowing that for a fact, I will still go and just try this one other font to see if it <laughs> No. So my challenge to you is to pick five fonts and just <laughs> fonts all the time 
and I actually narrowed myself down to two. Okay. For All that right. particular. So I have, um, like for this challenge thing that I was, that I'm talking about. And uh -huh. so here's the cool thing for each thing you do, you can have different fonts. So like maybe on my postcards, I'll use this font or, you know, on my, you know, on my website, I'll use it. I don't know. You could try that, maybe split test it, but I still do really believe in consistency. And uh -huh. so if you just pick five, you know, like your top five fonts, and that might even be too many, maybe three is better, but start with five. Okay. And I'll put two to five. Yeah. Like use those consistently. That way there's the consistency and the look of everything so that it is recognizable Mm -hmm. And it keeps things simple for you because you're not having to dig around like, oh, which font should I use today? <laughs> you know, it's like, these are my fonts. That's what I'm going to use. And that's, that's the end of it. You know, so you spend the time up front kind of planning that stuff out. Like, here's the fonts I like. Here's the colors that I'm going to use. And everything uses that. And then if you want to split test something, pick a different set of fonts and a different set of colors one at a time, you know, like and split test that, see if one performs better than the other and then nix the one that doesn't work so well. That way you've always just got one working thing that you're, that right. you're using. That could be helpful and just That's getting good. focused. That is helpful. So you've given me two really good. It, it takes a lot to get me to write down a note because that means it's something new that I hadn't thought of before. And, uh, I, I think a lot. Um, I'm constantly, this, this crazy brain is constantly churning, you know, to, to come up with the, the, the next big idea. Or I, I don't know if you do this. Oh, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and my brain is going a million miles an hour. And there are a billion thoughts just fly. They, they'll fly through so fast I can't even like grab one. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so I keep I, a notebook of ideas. Yeah, I've got business ideas and marketing ideas and all kinds of stuff in a notebook, just waiting. <laughs> I literally hate having to write something down. I'm not a, a note, a, a physical note writer. So I I do the same thing, but it's digital. So I'll grab my phone and and hit the uh, microphone button and and talk to my phone and. and and I keep a running, I, I do that um, in my notes section on my phone and uh, on my computer. I have a, I have probably five or six different documents <laughs> of notes, which is why I can, I, I spend so much time just looking for something, you know, I know it's there. It's just like, which document did I put that? See, that's why I use the notebook because it's like, I could at least flip to the notebook and find it quickly, but I'm so, I'm, I am so passionate. Sharon and I talked about this too, because we were laughing. She said, I write everything down. It's like, I do that too. I have notepads everywhere, notepads, notebooks. I love all that stuff, but I love for some reason when I write things, it, cause my head is the same, yeah. always like a million things and I'm losing my train of thought all the time. But if I write it down, then it solidifies it and I, I will remember it yeah. too. And I know there's right. behind that, but I actually do love the act of writing because I do, mm. I just like it. I don't know why. It's just who I am, I guess. But something else I was just thinking about too, talking about your marketing and going back to what you were saying about your, your perfect living your best life and what you want to do with your life. And 
I don't know if you came across any of this sort of thinking in your marketing study, but people love a story and sharing your story and your marketing is really, really powerful and sharing your why I think could be even more powerful too. You know, when you, um, when you're thinking about, you know, you're living your best life, you talk about helping people, you know, why do you want to help people and do that whole, like ask why three times to get down to like a really deep core, you know, not just, you know, cause I want financial freedom. Cause I like helping people. Like, why is that? Right. And using that in your marketing when you're and when you're talking to people, especially being a realtor, you know, when you're looking for dealing with clients and stuff like that, you know, this is why I have an interest in helping you. And it's not because, you know, I want to make money and sell a bunch of properties and be a top producer or something. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I genuinely want to help people because, and craft that into your message somehow. Yeah. And I don't know if you've, um, have you read um, Building a Story Brand? Ronald Miller is my hero. <laughs> okay, yes, he is amazing. Yes. He is amazing. So that's a great tool. Like, actually, if you, I don't know if you've done it, but go through the whole story brand framework and print the thing out was yeah. really helpful for me. Cause it made me realize like some of the stuff that we had, you know, just like, what is our mission? You know, it was BS, you know, it wasn't, that's really not. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like about. everybody else's mission. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want that. And that's what sets you apart. Cause how many realtors are there in this country? Like probably a million, who knows? So how are you going to make yourself different from all those other people? How are you going to set yourself apart? And yeah. the only way you can do that is with your own personal story, you know, your own personal why, because everybody's is different. It's not going to be the yeah. same. And that's, yeah. there's only one you, you know, so. I know I have, I have no problem understanding that my life and my experiences can be helpful to other people. It's communicating that, you know, uh, uh, broadcasting that, dispersing that out there so that people know, you know, can see that and, and are motivated to, you know, reach out to me. That's where I'm at right now. You know, that's, that's what I'm doing. So yeah, so yeah. try to drill down that ask why three times and get it down uh -huh. to like one sentence. Okay. And then it doesn't have to be that sentence on all your marketing, but it could be, you know, like how many different ways could you say that? Right. You know, but when, once you understand that, I think crafting the message would be a lot easier too. There's another, yeah. um, you, have you read Seth Godin? This is marketing. No, I haven't. Um, but my daughter, anything my daughter references, I pay attention to, and she's mentioned him a lot. My daughter, uh, uh, Lauren, works for Dave Ramsey here in Nashville, and oh, cool. she's like a marketing director. She's a social media marketing director. And yes, I have reached out to her to help me. And she, she will, but she's a very busy person, but anything that she mentions in passing, I'm like, okay, what was that? You know, I'll, I'll write that down. And the first thing she ever uh, mentioned was uh, Donald Miller, but she's mentioned Seth Godin several times. So, but no, to answer your question, I haven't, I haven't read. Yeah. I've probably read some of his 
stuff, but no, I haven't read that, that particular book. It's pretty so. good. There's some good nuggets in there too. Okay. Um, All right. Well, yeah. Since we're on the, since we've kind of segued a little bit into books, here's my favorite of all time. Oh, let me see. Right behind the Bible. Okay. You've got to be careful because there's, there's a book out there called the art of war and it's by some Chinese guy and it's a, it's a classic bestseller. Oh, this yes. one is the war of art and huh. it's by Stephen Pressfield. Um, he wrote, have you ever seen the movie, the legend of Bagger Vance? That's Matt Damon was in that, right? Yes. Yeah. It's a really good movie. Um, and so was Will Smith and that really pretty, uh, Charlize Theron. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. That's a golf. Really movie. good movie. Really good movie. But he wrote that book and this book, the hardest part about this book is trying to explain what it's about. It's about, it's about, <laughs> doing and living out that one unique purpose that we all have and we all know we have but most of us spend our whole lives running from it that's kind of what he says and he talks about there it's kind of a spiritual book i don't even know if he's a christian per se i don't know what flavor of spiritual he but he is a spiritual person and it, and the book has a, a kind of a spiritual overtone but but it's not it's not like in your face at all but, but he talks about there's a force in the universe and he calls it resistance and we can all immediately relate to it because he he's he explains it like as soon as we start to live out our own unique pur purpose that we all have, resistance immediately kicks in. So for me, I, I find resistance every day and I have to battle it. So my resistance is I need to make a phone call and I'm not looking forward to it. It's not a good one, but it's gotta be done. Mm -hmm. And so rather than picking up the phone and doing it, I'll, I'll go check Facebook and see if anything, I'll, I'll look at the news. I'll, you know, fill in the blank. So that's resistance. And the, the power of this book is that it helped me recognize, you know, that, that resistance is in play in my life every single day mm -hmm. and how to combat it and how to combat it is so simple. You just show up and you do the work, which it's why <laughs> he wrote a sequel called Do the Work. See, I and think I've heard of that one, but I didn't he know wrote another one. one called Turning Pro. And, and, and in Turning Pro, he contrasts the professional with the amateur. And he posits that most of us live our lives as amateurs. Um, we kind of sort of dance around that our one unique purpose without ever really addressing it head on and, 
and you know finding it and living it out. Um, the most powerful books I've ever read. Wow! I tried to get my husband to read. I'm gonna order those. I'm yeah. gonna order those. I, I highly just start with the War of Art and because that is something. Right. That, I struggle with, I think myself a lot too, is that resistant. I didn't have a name for it, but right. it's like, we, why is this so hard? You know, we all like immediately that. recognize when, yeah. when you start describing resistance and he does a fantastic job. When you start describing it, every single one of us go, oh yeah, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of it as resistance. Though. I was there 30 that's minutes exactly, ago. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's, it yeah, is. And, and, and having read this book over and over again, uh, because I get, I get new stuff every time I read it, but it keeps that top of mind. Mm -hmm. So I may still go waste time on Facebook, but now I recognize there is a little voice in the back of my head going, Cindy, <laughs> you're wasting time. You're, you're giving into resistance, you know? And, um, it just helps. It has helped me in so many ways. I tried to get my husband to read it for months and months and months and he resisted. And then finally he read it. And now we like, we speak the language to each other, like throughout the day, you know, he'll come in and, cause he's a songwriter and, and he, he stays in his little, little cubby hole office and I stay in mine all day, but, but we'll, we have the best life. We do, um, but, but we'll come out, you know, every once in a while and, and, you know, we'll, we'll usually say like, I'll, I'll usually say like, well, what are you doing? And half the time he'll say, I'm fighting resistance. <laughs> so we both, we both speak the language and it helps so much, you know, just to, it, to me, it removes a certain measure of guilt because mm -hmm. until I understood that that is a force that really is at work in everybody in my life and everybody's life. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of had this low-level guilt that I was carrying around, and I didn't even know what it was for. Um, but now I know the enemy, you know, um, and I know how to fight the enemy. Um, so it, it's just I can't tell you how much that book. Now I've built it up so much; it's probably not going to be all that. I'm a huge book nerd, so I'm yeah. always willing, like, I love good book recommendations because I'm always, I, I can't see my, that's, oh, I hurt my neck this morning, so I can't turn my Aww. head. I slept weird last night, but I have books over here. Those are the books I still need to read, but then I'm, I have a wall over here that's covered in books that I've read, and I just get so much from reading, and yeah. even if you just get one good nugget, you know, right. from a book, I think it's worthwhile. Yeah, reading is my great escape. Um, when I can't get out of town to the to the tiny home, <laughs> you know, I can always escape into a book. So like that's just a tiny, tiny little portion. I've got a big bookcase over here and one over here that you can't see. The same thing. I love I love a good book. I do too. And I love an actual book, not a digital book. I, I like I want the book. I want to hold the book. So all the books in here are like personal development and business and things like that. But then my bedroom is all my books that I read for pleasure. So that's, yeah. mm -hmm. it's kind of helpful for me to separate those two. I think, you know, it's like, this is the workspace and that's where my head is when I'm in this room. And then, you exactly. know, 
when yeah. I'm reading in my bedroom, it's to relax. So it's, it's kind of a nice way to separate that. Well, I have to jump off here. I got a challenge that I got to do. In <laughs> I just looked up at the clock. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> oh, but this is good. And you're so awesome. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I feel like I, I can learn a ton from you. <laughs> and I can say the same. It, like I said, it, it's kind of hard to get me to take something down because that means I hadn't thought of it already. So I've, I've written four or five nuggets. Oh, from good. This, so. Well, if there's anything else I can help with, if you ever want to talk marketing or bounce ideas, I am an idea person. I love thinking about different ways to do things and how to be creative with stuff and just feel free to reach out and we'll have a session. You can pick my brain and we'll. That sounds great. Figure something out. Love to do that. Awesome. We'll have to thank Sharon for connecting us. She told me, she's like, you're going to love her. <laughs> I I will never forget my first phone call to Sharon. Um, it, I pulled off at the exit in uh, Tiftonia in Chattanooga, and I sat in the parking lot of the Cracker Barrel and talked to Sharon forever. And uh, she she's awesome. She, oh, she is. She and I've had some really long talks too. She's just so. I just love her. I was like, she's my spirit animal. <laughs> she's just so smart and down to earth and, yeah. you know, totally and, understand her. And she, she doesn't mince words. She doesn't pull punches. She says what needs to be said. And I really appreciate that. And honestly, I, I have no idea how she finds the time because she's everywhere. You know, uh -huh. she's always doing this podcast and on, on that, you know, video and, and she, she, she is my marketing spirit animal. Um, <laughs> she, she's doing a great job. And I checked you out, Melissa, and so are you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm happy to help anytime and okay. I'm going to read these books too. I'll have to let you know how it goes after I finish them. Okay. Good. Um, well, thank you so much. I will, um, I'll be in touch with you and we get ready to roll this out. That way, if you want to share it or watch, listen, whatever, okay. um, you'll that have it. Sounds great. Okay. That sounds great. Um, let me know if you need that video. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on to that just in case. Yeah. My, my computer will probably spend the next 30 minutes like, uh, doing its thing to convert and, and all that, but it, it'll get it up into the cloud. So I'll have it. Well, thank you again so much. I hope you have a good day. Okay. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.